I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA. But let's start with Tom Fishburn, okay? Gen Z is not a monolith. How could our brand appeal to Gen Z? Use slang like lit and riz. I don't know, or it's rise. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't like slang when I was in it. <laughs> you know, I don't remember what dope, you know, that, that that meant good. This is bad. That meant good. It's like, you know, that the word violence, the old archaic use of violence meant to to change word definitions in language. There was actually, there was actually like a, you know, grammar police back in the 1600s. <laughs> you know, Shakespeare, Shakespearean English was it. Okay, or the King James Bible, which is in about the same era. Okay, just get on TikTok. Do collabs with influencers. Pay them to say we're authentic. That's, that's my favorite one right here. Pay them <laughs> to say we're authentic. Yeah, and I watch a lot of these. I watch a lot of YouTube channels, and they're all doing something greens, A-I-G green or something like that. <laughs> Guck. Who'd want who'd want to drink that stuff? It sounds terrible. Now I find out my kids are doing it, <laughs> are using it. I should at least taste it. Post about it. <laughs> I just avoid everything green <laughs> except those wreaths at Christmas, those cookies. <laughs> Post every single social issue and memes and memes. Gen Z's love memes. Maybe we shouldn't treat Gen Z like a monolith. Anyway, what else would be lit? <laughs> okay, so in the 20 years I've been drawing cartoon series, one evergreen topic I've loved exploring is how brands sometimes twist themselves into pretzels trying to appeal to new generations, often with hilarious unintended effects. I kind of wish he had more examples in this because, you know, but it often comes from a five-step checklist or one weird trick that magically promises to make brands appealing to the newest customer cohort, whether millennials, Gen Z, or most recently, Gen Alpha. Now you got to start over. I knew that was going to, I knew Gen X was going to be, short-lived and we'd have to come up with we'd have to spin the alphabet around again and then we'll have gen beta in the next five years or something they seem to be anyway um edelman the world's largest pr firm opened up a gen z lab and hired zio i think that's funny gen z and this guy's names or this person i don't know if it's male female whatever person named zio one piece of advice from their Zio, or maybe that's not a person, maybe it's an AI bot or something. Don't make some weird old-ass campaign. Right. Because, you know, the one thing that's true about the next generation, there's two things true. One is that they don't remember the old commercials. They don't remember, they don't have brand identity. Well, at least we don't think they do. You know, they they weren't. There's every year they 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 publish a, a thing about about how kids who are entering high school right now have no recollection of 9/11, for example. Uh, I think that's that would be about right because they'd be up into college now. 
even that have no recollection. That was in 2001. So they'd be 22 years old if they were born. And, you know, if they were born even in 1998 or 1995, maybe, they wouldn't really, really know what that was about. You know, they'd be six years old. So they could be pretty old, right? 1994, let's say. Let's say just for hoots because it makes the math. They'd be 30 years old, right? And they have no real recollection of 9-11. Well, I was seven years old when Kennedy was assassinated, so I remember that. Um, yeah, so it is possible two or eight years old. You know, if it was really, really impactful, which that was. But but anyway, so 30 or anybody under 30 wouldn't have any recollection of something that was tremendously life changing for most of us. Um, yeah, ever, can't can't get on an airplane decent ever since. <laughs> yep. George W. said, we're not going to change our lifestyle because of terrorists. And then they passed the Patriot Act. Uh, which was the least patriotic thing ever passed. Anyway, you can, <laughs> don't want to get political here. I'm just pointing out no recollection of that. Okay. So don't make it old. But Ritson has pointed out that most good ad campaigns have much longer life than the marketing people think so. So trying to stay relevant for the times without losing what brand stands for is a fundamental age old ten tension. Okay. And. You remember not your father's Oldsmobile in 1998? Well, most of you probably don't remember that. I do, right? Not your mother's Tiffany from 2001. That you might remember. You know, the link, there's a link to that campaign, which I thought was dis kind of disgusting. Um, why show women who don't want to look attractive, <laughs> you know, in an old T-shirt and jeans uh, wearing fine jewelry seems really, really disconnected. Um How did it work out? I don't see it continue. You know, nobody's talking about it in 2024. Uh, so I'm guessing it was a was a, a massive failure. But um, that's the way most ad campaigns are. Most ad campaigns are colossal, colossal failures. Okay, so how should brands reinvent themselves? And again, tomorrow I'm talking about Ritson and a particular retailer trying to reinvent their look, testing that and how they're testing it. Um, but one of the things... One of the questions is, is there really generational marketing? And there is to some extent. The second thing that Gen Zs have in common besides their birthday is they probably don't have any money to speak of, right? They get an allowance. They may influence things or they and they may. They probably have, you know, more influence than they have spending power, right? But anyway, BH, BBH Labs measures group cohesion and found that people who floss had more in common with each other than any generation. And that was really funny. I'll get over to that in a second. So the question isn't whether young adults today are different from middle-aged or older adults today. The question is whether young adults today are different from young adults at some specific point in the past. In other words, all young adults are going to change the world. They think that the older generation that left them this messed up world was messed up. And uh, when they get old, they find out that the new generation may be more messed up than they thought they were at the time they were young. <laughs> the key is, and it says, 
As many critics of generational research point out, there's a great diversity of thought, experience, and behavior within generations. The key is to pick a lens that is most appropriate for the research question that's being studied. You know, and what that says is you're building in a bias. You're building in a filter. You're going to try and filter your data to reinforce your hypothesis, basically. If you ask me, that's what they're doing. And that's the problem with data-driven marketing, right? We all love confirmation bias. We all want to prove that we're right. We don't want to be, we don't want our, our hypotheses disconfirmed. And yet that's the way science moves ahead. That's the way the next generation corrects the science of the past. You know, I mean, we were told that follow the science, and yet science says nothing's proven without looking at long-term consequences. And so a novel new kind of vaccine that's never been tried really in mass, and when it was tested, everybody died, uh, that science would suggest that you want to wait on that. You want to be the holdout group on that. You want to get the placebo and, you know, I spoke to a young friend just yesterday uh, who hasn't felt well since getting that, which is a sad thing. She's in her 20s, I, I would guess. Anyway, um, so, yeah, it's scary. But the science says it takes time. Science takes time, and testing is the answer, not, not collecting data that you love. So by choosing not to use standard generational labels when not appropriate, we can avoid reinforcing harmful stereotypes or oversimplifying a people's complex lived experience. I, and Ritson says, I, I mean, uh, Fishburne says, I like that, that lens that's most appropriate. And that, what that is is a data set. It's a perspective. Data sets give you a perspective on data. So when we were trying to, when we were trying to look at Baseball Express, their concept of customers were bat buyers, Glove buyers, other buyers, <laughs> right? And we said, okay, they wanted to introduce a fast pitch. So we said, do you have any uniquely female items where we know that that's being bought for a, a girl playing fast pitch? And they did. So we put those into a data, you know, into we collected those SKUs. Now we have a female-oriented set of SKUs, a very, very small number compared to their, all their SKUs. But then we said, okay, now what things do these, what people who buy these also buy, like Amazon? And we found a potential female cohort that was big enough that, you know, they may not buy a lot of female stuff, but they may buy some. And so they may be connected with a fast-pitch girls team. And... We leverage that to introduce a fast pitch. You know, we could also do we could also do gender selects on the names, but what they found is that that's a 50-50. It's about 50% wrong, which means a coin flip is equally valuable. <laughs> so you only can use the most extreme examples, you know, of of gender specific names. Instead, we went with the gender specific product and when we wanted to do b2b we found the people that bought the pitching machines and what we found was that they also bought line chalk and they also bought bases and they also bought rosin bags and those are things that go with a really really professional type you know serious type ball diamond and that was the key to unlocking that that was the lens no matter what age group they were from right could have been little league could have been major league but it was the 
lens and the lens can be built by variables. If you don't understand that, give me a call, join the WDMA and I'll talk to you for pretty much <laughs> as long as you want. Uh, what do we know about Gen Z so we can get them to buy stuff? So far, all we know is that they hate brands that try to get them to buy stuff. <clears throat> okay. We learned to speak your language so you'd pay attention to our ads and that's the language that they post. The best one, excuse me, are you Gen Z? Our brand wants to engage with you. We're trying to reach you. TikTok, Snapchat, Instagram, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> right? Hey, where'd you go? <laughs> okay, and the best one was basically was this one right here. This one is from 2003. It's got to be one of, one of Tom's first ones. And he's got Gen X. He's got Psychographics. Demographics. Okay, so demographics go this way. Gen X. Remember, I told you that was the beginning of the. And then there's Gen Y, which we don't talk about much anymore. Then there's Tween, and they look so cute in their in their natural habitat, right? And of course, the joke of that. It says, "Here we go." 2003 Market Research Zoo. They look so cute in their natural habitat, and the point is, is that we've got a zoo, and it's not their natural habitat, right? Not even close. And so that's what we're doing when we're studying each generation. We're, we're taking them in an abstract sense, filtering them, confirming our biases, and trying to be creative. Now, I'm just going to go over here in my last few minutes. And there's some great stuff in here that Tom referred to. Great graphs. It's, it's well worth joining, at least subscribing to WDMA. Go over to WDMA.org and you can get the show notes. Get this one. This one's a good one. Uh, and Tom Fishburne's article, of course. Uh, the Financial Times had the most cohesion, 8.3, whatever cohesion means. The Sun had very low. I'm guessing that this is serious financial news. Uh, and this is fun, popular <laughs> conspiracy theories and, and such. Okay, here's the generations. Yeah, Generation Z doesn't have any coherence. Millennials have two, which is a far cry from, you know, even the Times or the Guardian or just above the Daily Mail. Okay, this one was fun, though. Here's the generational uh, cohesion, and people who floss had a much higher cohesion than people who uh, are in a given generation, but the highest one was Orangina, Orangina drinkers, <laughs> which I found out was started in 1933 in Algeria, and it's a funny, it's a citrus drink, carbonated citrus drink in a funny shaped bottle that's been around forever and is very, very popular. We, I remember drinking it in Europe. Um, here is um, like, like wealth categories um, that the UK has and the higher wealth categories have more co cohesion the lower categories have almost no cohesion so this is like the middle class and this is the lower class and you can see they're negative cohesion they don't agree with anything here's by profession marketing not as high a little higher than 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 uh, citronella or whatever the name of that is um, orangina Right, or citronella is the bug candles. Uh, orangina, but um, 
marketing has the most and uh, oops over here marketing has the most and sales has the least and I think that's probably you know the salespeople I knew were 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 independent thinkers they didn't want to be told what to do they didn't want to fill out reports they want to go drive around and try to get some sales and um, so that kind of makes sense to me I'm not sure HR has gotten way more with DEI I think got way more cohesion in terms of the that they have to set the world right and that's their mission which I'm not sure is the best mission for HR probably hiring the most qualified people might be better um, teachers yeah they're on the on the you know <laughs> we won't say the word it's another four-letter word that starts with W anyway <clears throat> a lot to think about tomorrow we'll talk more about testing I've got a testing article right here um, and um, we'll also talk about a big thing coming up in email marketing that may cause you concern um, so that's enough for now have a great day the first week of real work like and share, your friends will know you're smart. Bye-bye.